Lock it in. The Blues have their Laurie Daly replacement. And we preview the 2017 AFL draft on the splash. It's Thursday, the 23rd of November. Yeah, welcome into the splash on this Thursday. Huge show ahead. I'm your host, Phil Pryor. Later on, we speak to Riley Beveridge. Uh, for all of the AFL draft analysis, he's up from Melbourne. The draft takes place in Western Sydney Friday evening, uh, and we'll hear all his analysis. Who's going first overall? Who's going early? Which clubs have plenty of draft capital to spend tomorrow evening? Uh, we find out after we speak to rugby league journalist Nathan Ryan, who's broken a big story on the Fox Sports website today. The New South Wales Origin Blues have their man to replace Laurie Daly. Brad Fittler is set to coach the team moving forward after a successful, you would have to say, coaching campaign with Lebanon in the Rugby League World Cup. And as we record, it's lunchtime in the Ashes. I'm not going to bother giving you a score update. It'll be outdated by the time you're listening, uh, but... As I'll remind you a couple of times in this episode, head to the website. Check out all the highlights uh, and updates uh, ahead of the opening day of the Ashes at the Gabba. And how about this? Oh, Sam Kerr! Yeah, what about that strike from Sam Kerr, Nathan Ryan? An absolute pearl of Phil. You are telling me about it uh, earlier this morning that I had to look at it, and uh, you weren't wrong. It yeah. was a cracker. And you know that uh, it's a pretty good effort when the rugby league journalist, uh, a, a rugby league journalist, a, a one-sided <laughs> rugby league journalist like yourself, is getting excited about uh, the Matildas. Yeah, it takes a little bit to pull me away from uh, from rugby league, but it was definitely worth the view. If you get a chance, foxsports.com.au, ch- check it out. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been a running joke the entire off season that we keep dragging you in because rugby league is the you know the the sport that keeps on giving in the media. Well, I, I thought the Cricket being day one in the Ashes would have dominated the splash, but, I know. but here I am. I'm, I'm not arguing. Exactly. I, I love the time that I spend with you, Phil. But yeah, cricket has been dominating the splash uh, of late, but it's uh, it, it becomes a little bit trickier to cover mm. the actual action uh, in a podcast that's meant to be recorded around lunchtime each day. So my recommendation to listeners out there is simply to head to the Fox Sports website for all of your updates and highlights for everything Ashes related. Or alternatively, just flick the cricket all together and read a little bit of rugby league. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, and you've given us some, some content uh, on this uh, quiet uh, Thursday as it is in the rugby league world. Uh, regarding the New South Wales origin mm-hmm. coaching uh, position uh, situation, uh, where is it at? Um, and can you please... Uh, elaborate on on the news that you've broken today. Yeah, so some uh, some exclusive news on the the coaching position. Um, it's my understanding that Brad Fittler will be appointed. Uh, 
as Laurie Daly's successor at a board meeting uh, set for Friday. So and when you tomorrow. say it's your understanding, yep. Uh, you, well, the meeting has the meeting you, hasn't taken place, so the, the, the appointment is is not official. So okay. um, the information that I have available to me yes. is that it's fait accompli. Yeah. Uh, that once the board has has met, uh, it will be rubber stamped, and, okay. and Brad will be announced as as the man. And there yeah. were there were a number of blokes that they were looking at. Yeah, yeah. Who was in the in the hunt? Uh, the likes of Michael Maguire, the um, former South coach. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's you know newly uh, out of a job, so uh, one that we'll be keeping a very close eye on as coaching mm. positions pop up. Uh, John Cartwright, uh, an assistant coach, uh, he's he's another one that was mm. also in the mix. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Blues board had their blinders on they're they pretty um, fixed on Brad Fittler and you look at his origin credentials as a player mm. uh, the fact that he's had six years in charge of the city side and now what he's been able to do with Lebanon yes uh, that's that's definitely solidified it for for the board that Brad is is the man to lead them forward yeah so, he certainly has a well he's really he's putting together a sneaky good resume when you mm. when you add together the fact that he himself played 31 origins as a player uh he's now been the city coach for six years mm -hmm. so he's had his fingerprints all over many of the up-and-coming players uh through the the or the new south wales system um and as you just mentioned he he got lebanon to within two points of a rugby world rugby league world cup semi-final yeah um you know he's clearly got some uh uh, some things going in his favour in regards to coaching a representative team. Yeah, and he he does have that experience at Clubland as well. Uh, was obviously in charge yeah. of the Roosters for yeah. a for a very long time. And um, you touched on a really good point with the fact that there's a lot of these younger players that Freddie has coached at, at that city level. So most of these players he's pretty familiar with. You know, he's got a good relationship with them. He understands what makes them tick. And he is a little bit rough around the edges. Mm. He, he does enjoy yeah, a beer. Yeah. He, he, he can get a little bit loose. But I, I think that that'll be a positive for the side. Mm. You know, Ke Kevy Walters enjoys a beer as well, as, as does Mal Meninga. So yeah. if anybody can can keep these these blokes in line, you know, the Josh Dugans, the Blake Fergusons, if they're part of the system, I think that, um, yeah, Freddie's in a really good position because he has been that wild player in the past, so he knows what makes them tick and, and how to handle them. So yeah. um, I'm really interested to see what they do in terms of a bonding night. Um, Queensland, they don't um, publicise it, but they, they do enjoy themselves behind yeah, closed yeah. doors. So it'll be interesting to see what Freddie does around that because it seems over the last two years alcohol and the New South Wales <laughs> Rugby League has, has been a, a major talking point. Yeah, so yeah. Um, when it comes to camaraderie, I've got no doubts whatsoever that Brad will be able to get the team to buy into whatever they're doing. I think that you bring in the likes of Phil Gould and, and Joey Johns, uh, who will be acting as advisors to him. Mm. Uh, the game plan, the tactics, they'll all be in place. So when you when you mix everything together, they have the makings of, of something special there. Tactically, maybe Michael Maguire would have been a, a better choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is Origin. It is unique. And not many people understand Origin better than Brad Fittler. And we won't have to listen to his nonsense as part of the sideline commentary team for <laughs> Channel 9. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm more of a Fox <laughs> League man my, myself. I can't say I watch a lot of there aren't Channel too, 9 yeah. these days. There aren't too many games during the, the year that where we do have to watch the Channel 9 coverage. Of, of course, I joke. Uh, going back to the point uh, you just made, though, uh, tactically, maybe you think someone like a Madge Maguire might have done yep. a better job in charge. Coaches like Craig Bellamy uh, in that kind of mould as well. But then you look at what uh, you know Queensland have been able to produce in the last 11, uh, 12 seasons with yep. Mal Meninga and, and more recently Kevin Walters at the helm, former players, uh, better connected to the playing group themselves. Why does that blueprint work um, in this format of rugby league? Uh, and, and that because that's clearly a lot to do with why the board have gone down this path rather than the other path. Yeah, I think that uh, the people that Mal and Kevy have had in and around the team have been very smart footy brains. The likes of uh, uh, a Michael Hagen, who has followed Mal Meninga over to the, the kangaroo side. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a very smart coach. Um, you know, and Anthony Seabold, who, who's now in charge of the, the South Sydney side, mm. he uh, played a, a, a very big part of, of Queensland's win in, in Kevy Walters' first year. So yeah. they yeah. have they have had some some smart brains around. Yeah. Um, to, yeah. to combat More behind perhaps, the scenes. yeah, some of the um, areas of uncertainty that yeah. that, a, that a Mal or a Kevy may may have had. Yeah. Um, so that's where I th- I think somebody like a, a Michael Maguire would have been. Really, I, I've got a massive rap on him. I'm a big fan of Michael Maguire, yeah, yeah. and I think that he's um, a victim of, of some circumstance with their mm. roster. You yeah. know, Sam, Sam Burgess coming back really threw a spanner in the works, and when you don't have control of the list, which he didn't at, at South Sydney, it was Russell Crowe and Shane Richardson. You know, he, he's yeah. he's kind of been made the fall guy in many ways, and the big criticism criticism of Michael Maguire has been that you know it's too hard on his players. You train them too hard. In in what profession are we where your boss you know, is not writing you you know that's that's seen as a negative like come on let's get real you're in a football environment you want your players training you want them being challenged uh, I, I just find that a bit of a cop-out so I mean I can't ex- uh, understand why uh, having a Hollywood actor as your uh, list manager uh, could fail, possibly. Yeah, exactly you know? right. So I think, yeah, I think the Ma- Michael Maguire has been dudded a, a little bit there. So I don't know if he was ever really a genuine contender for the, the Blues job. I understand he had the one meeting. I mean, what's to say he can't still be involved as that sort of um, on a more sort of uh, game plan Yeah, I'm level. sure if, if, if Brad was to, the was money's to reach probably out. Not in it. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I guess it's, you know, it's, it's, it's staying involved. Um, yeah, but then they've brought Phil Gould in. We know that he runs the show in, yeah. in Penrith. Yeah, but is that working for Penrith? You know, they've been disappointing, mm. and his finger fingers are all, all over that. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not sure. It's it's going to be, be so, an interesting one. And that leads me to my next question: uh, bringing in uh, Fitler as the coach. What does that mean uh, in terms of Phil Gould and Andrew Johns uh, to Huge names as far as the Blues are concerned, uh, both masterminds, mm. uh, particularly when it comes to origin football. Uh, are they in Brad Fittler's corner mm-hmm. and will they be a part of the you know, the 2018 campaign. Yeah, they will. They'll um, they'll, they'll act in, in some capacity in an advisory role. Yeah. So um, I think that we can expect both of those men in camp. And when you have... 
that trio, mm. there's an aura about them, isn't oh, there? Yeah. Yeah. So you've you've now got that fear factor as a player that I'm not only letting my teammates down, but I'm letting down the greatest halfback to have ever played the game, you know, the greatest captain to have led the side, and the greatest mind, uh, one of the greatest minds in, in, in rugby league and um, a very successful coach in Phil mm. Gould. So you've got all of those elements there, a bit of bit of that fear factor, a bit of, bit of that aura. Uh, it, it creates a very special environment for the squad. Mm. And when you, you look at the youth they're bringing in, there's this talk of Nathan Cleary coming in yep. as the halfback next year. We know that Matt Moylan's been around the system, the Jack Birds, Wade Graham. Um, it, it is a young side, but they're the type of players that will, will thrive under you know that that sort of pressure and those personalities being around the squad. I've already uh, put side bets on with my uh, rugby league fantasy mates right. uh, outside of work uh, as to uh, Nathan Cleary and Mitch Moses not being the halves partnership for next season. Okay. Uh, the point I'm getting at is that after we've just endured ridiculous amounts of anticipation le- leading into an Ashes series around selection talks, mm-hmm. I can only imagine it's going to be infinite content coming out in the build-up to next year's State of Origin series yeah. with regards to the direction that Brad Fittler and his coaching team will take Massively. when it and, comes to those key positions. And, and you think about, all right, you've got the, the dynamic of Phil Gould, who has just signed James Maloney. Yeah. And then you've got yeah. the dynamic of Brad Fittler, who has just coached um, Mitchell Moses, mm. throwing Nathan Cleary into the mix. Oh, man. Yeah, so what do you what do? You do? <laughs> There's all, all, all of these questions already being being asked and then you, and you've got the Mitchell, Mitchell Pierce, Pierce factor as well where does he go how does that have an impact on yeah. it um, before Peter Wallace was injured he was he was yeah. going to come in as, yeah. as the number nine so uh, is, is that still the case or has Nathan Peets done enough to mm. you know we, we could talk about it for, for days and days and we will um, exactly <laughs> sooner rather than uh, I was later I going to say let's not get too <laughs> ahead uh, of ourselves stuck into it now yeah 100%. exactly uh, let's wait for, for Brad Fittler to uh to announce this and, and speak to the press. I'm assuming that's going to happen Friday. So Friday, Arvo, yeah. Friday, Arvo. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure the questions will begin as soon as tomorrow. And uh, and then we've got the rest of <laughs> the rest of the off-season to talk about it. Exactly. Another, what, five months? <laughs> uh, yeah. Strap yourself in, folks. Oh, man. The origin is some kind of a beast. Nathan Ryan, thanks very much for joining the Splash. Good on you, Phil. Yeah, and as we expect uh, Brad Fittler to speak to Sydney Media tomorrow, there's something else going on which is going to be uh, right in the centre of media attention, particularly on the Fox Sports website. Tomorrow afternoon, Friday afternoon, uh, evening I should say, uh, is the AFL draft for 2017 heading into the 2018 season uh, and up from Melbourne up from the Fox footy studios is Riley Beveridge who's been covering the AFL draft like a madman (laughs) and he joins us live in the Fox Sports podcast bunker today how are you Riles? Great to be here, Phil. Uh, first, it's time great I've to have it. you in person. It's very nice, yeah. very luxurious, <laughs> uh, spacious, much more spacious than this down in Melbourne. It's good. Yeah, it's. Uh, what, what do you reckon about the vibe up here compared to Melbourne? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good having ups around uh, the big boss Tony Harper. Yeah, um, yeah. good chatting to him again. Uh, a lot of lovely people up here. So mm. obviously not as nice as city, 
but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's good vibe. <laughs> I'll uh, steer clear of that one. <laughs> now, uh, AFL draft. Uh, let's talk about a few of the top prospects mm-hmm. and also the clubs that have a huge night ahead of them. Um, let's start with with, uh, with the top pick, Brisbane Lions. Finishing on the bottom um, of last season, uh, they have been awarded, in inverted <laughs> commas, the top pick. Uh, what is the likely scenario uh, playing out with that pick? So they'll go with Cam Rayner at pick one. There's yeah. been a lot of conjecture because uh, Brisbane has a long history of players from interstate clubs going home. Yes. Uh, once their two year f- the first two-year contract extension ends. Yeah. Cam Rayner's a Victorian, played for Vic Metro this year. Uh, he comes with an apparent flight risk um, that he might leave after mm. a while. But at the end of the day, he's the best player in the draft and it's too tough to overlook him. They have to take yeah. him. Shades of um, Dustin Martin in Camarena. More than shades. Uh, yeah, it looks a lot like him. He's yeah. got the haircut. He's got the little dusty waddle when he's not on the footy. So yeah, yeah. Um, he's a great player. He's shown it all year. He's been the best player all year. And yeah, he, 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 sh- he deserves to go pick one for what he's done throughout yeah, the season. Yeah. He's so dangerous playing as that deep forward. A few question marks over his tank. He ran an eight-minute, two-kilometre time trial last week when he was asked to screen in front of clubs. I'm going to ask a dumb question. Is that bad? It is. <laughs> it is very bad. Uh, when you put it into context, the other player that Brisbane are looking at is Andrew Brayshaw with pick one. Yeah. He ran his in about six minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah, so okay. he was nearly yeah. a full two minutes behind Brayshaw. Oh, yeah. So a few questions over his tank, but he's not a midfielder. So you don't yeah. need to worry about yeah. that. He's yeah. a deep forward. You've got to play him forward. And at the end of the day, while club... Well, People might suggest they should take a Vic Country player here or a player that's less likely to be that supposed flight risk. Rain is too good to overlook him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been you've been following the Tack Cup and mm. everything uh, across this all year. All I did was catch a little bit of the um, the the state championships. Yeah. Um, and this kid just stood out like nothing yeah. else. When when he's around the footy, it ends up in his hands and he does something brilliant with it normally by foot. He has this explosive pace. Uh, he should be a great addition to Brisbane. As you wrote in an article, uh, I think it was yesterday on the website yeah. as well, because of what Richmond were, were able to do, winning yeah. a flag through forward half pressure mm-hmm. uh, and these you know, mosquito fleet forward uh, lines, mm-hmm. um, you know, he fits perfectly into that mould as well probably where the, the game seems to be trending exactly. in the next couple of years. And that's what I really like about him. He gets it as well. So I interviewed yeah. him at the at the draft combine about a month ago. Um, and he understands that he's a forward. So what he told me was that he loved the way that this year, Richmond, how Richmond and Geelong have thrown Dustin Martin and Patrick Dangerfield forward more often. Yeah. And because he says you've got to play your best players forward of centre. So he understands that, which yep. I really like, because yep. I like players that take a keen interest uh, and, and know where the game's going, and he knows mm. where the trend is going in AFL footy. He's so, not necessarily worried about his stat line. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yep. And he's the type of player where he'll get goals from anywhere. He's yep. like Dusty and Danger in the sense that he can mark on the lead, he can mark in a pack, he's got a good leap, he can win the ball on ground level by crumbing at the feet of a bigger body, and he can burst clear from stoppages and kick goal from kick goals from stoppages. Mm. So he's got so many avenues to goal and when those players are in vogue these days and we're seeing how much of a difference that the danger and Dusty can have when they play forward, he's yeah. the next version of them, I think. Cool. And let's move on. There are three clubs with two picks inside the top 10. Fremantle have two picks inside the top five, which is, yeah. if you're a Dockers fan, that's very, very exciting. They're a club that 
desperately needs top talented players. Yep. Uh, they've got picks two and five, uh, I believe. Yep, correct. Uh, what do you think? What what are their needs and what do you think they will do? Well, all the talk was around them potentially taking Aaron Norton, who's a WA key defender. Yeah. Um, he's probably one of the best. He's probably he probably is the best key position player in this year's draft pool. But I think their strategy will go away from that a little bit. I think they'll purely take uh, two midfielders with those picks. Okay. And that's based around what we just talked about. They want to play Nat 5 forward. Mm. And the only way they can play Nat 5 forward is by getting more midfielders in. So I think uh, I think Luke Davies Uniac will be their man at pick two. He's a big bodied Vic Country midfielder. I've seen this name all over websites. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Luke Davies Uniac. Uniac. Easier okay. to say LDU, which is what he goes by. <laughs> okay, LDU. Um, that's definitely going to be his super coach name as well. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, so he's a big body, uh, wins it in a lot of ways. He glides when he runs, which I really like about him. He's so easy to watch running down the field because yeah. he streams forward and he's. He looks like one of these players that doesn't really show much effort because yeah, it is yeah. effortless to him. So that's what I love about him. And then pick five is purely... There's five really strong midfielders in this draft and they'll, they'll have their minds made up for them with pick five. They'll yeah, just okay. take the best available. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be Guys surprised. Guys like Brayshaw you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Adam Chera. So I think North Melbourne yep. could... Uh, yep. I think the way it'll He's turn Vic out... He's Vic Metro as well, right? Adam Chera, he is, yeah. 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 Um, He's an Eastern Rangers boy, uh, really good mix of inside-outside game. So he yeah. wins a lot of contested ball, but he also has an outside game, which is mm. a good way to complement that inside. The way he wins the footy on the inside, uh, can kick it really nicely. He's a good leader. Looks like he has a good head on his shoulders exactly. too. He was on uh, AFL 360 during the year at some Yeah, point. he was. Yeah. And uh, a really down-to-earth, mature kid. So uh, the way I see it going is I think Rayner will go one. I think Davies Uniac will go two to Frio. Carlton will probably take... Paddy Dow at three. Yeah. And then it's a toss up for North Melbourne whether or not they take Chera or Brayshaw. I think at the moment they're probably leaning towards Brayshaw. Okay. And if they do that, then you'll see Chera go to Freo, I think. Wouldn't be the first Brayshaw name to be involved at North, no, North Melbourne recently. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> No uh, relation though. No, there. it's his uncle. It's his uncle. It's his okay. uncle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, his go. uncle James used to be president. So Yeah, indeed. Uh you, you mentioned Carlton there at, at three. So they've got pick three and Pick ten, correct. Um, where do they need to to re, uh, to build forward from here uh, through the draft? So Carlton's long term plan when they started this rebuild under Stephen Silvani was to target key position players early. So they've got that now. They've yeah. got Jacob Weedering down back. They've yeah. got Harry Mackay and Charlie Kerno up forward. They've got all three uh, of them developed really well yeah, last year. They look good. Yeah. Um, they've got Plowman and Marchbank, who they got from the Giants as well, which gives them some defensive reinforcements. Mm. And then their plan was after that draft to go right, let's go and get the best midfielders available. Last yeah. year, they got Petrevsky, yeah. Seaton, and Zach Fisher. Yeah. This year, I think you'll see them do the exact same thing at 3-10. and 10. I think they'll get Paddy Dow at pick three, yeah. who's a player that's been compared to uh, Patrick Dangerfield. Uh, you can see the similarities. Um, it might not be the, the most natural comparison, but you can certainly see the similarities in the way that he wins his own footy and then bursts. And he's one of these players that will do anything to attack at all times. He's a no risk. He's a, he's a completely, sorry, he's, a, he's an ultimate risk footballer yeah. in the sense that he'll take no easy options. He'll always just be looking to go forward at every opportunity. Mm. The player that's been touted to him at pick 10 is Lockie O'Brien, who's a bit of a strange one because uh, a couple of months ago, you would have seen him probably around about picks 20 to 40, I think. But he's one that's really come in with a burst. Yeah. Uh, left footer from Vic Country. Um Really good kick. Wins a lot of it on the outside, which is a bit of a turn-off for some clubs. Okay. But I think Carlton really likes the way he can use the footy. So uh, I think that's the two that they'll be looking to get there. They'd obviously love 
for a player like a Hunter Clark or an Adam Chera if he does somehow slip up below Fremantle to fall to him at pick 10. But that's incredibly unlikely. And even, I think, someone like Darcy Fogarty will be gone by that stage. So mm-hmm. I think they're starting to settle on, uh, on Lockie O'Brien at 10. Hey, very quickly, what about Sam Doherty doing his ACL? That's that is devastating, isn't Absolutely it? Absolutely heartbreaking for Carlton. Yeah. Um, he's been touted, I know the talk's all about Paddy Cripps as their best young player, but he's been touted as the next captain. So yeah. him yeah. doing his ACL is a, is a huge setback. If you're going to look at the bright side, he's 24. Yeah. Uh, he'll be 25 yeah. when the next preseason starts. So it's not the end of his career. It's not going to be... Is he gone for the entire be, 2018 season? Yeah, I think Carl will play reckon? really safe with him. And yeah. I think he'll, he'll go for the, the whole 2018 season. I don't think they'll try and rush him back, particularly when he's at this stage of his career. So yeah, All-Australian uh, in 2017. So he's going to be a massive loss for Carlton. And it's, it's interesting. That just the timing of it is a really disappointing for Carlton as well because I don't think they'd have offloaded another senior player in Bryce Gibbs if they knew that yeah. Sam Doherty wouldn't be playing yeah. in 2017 because as much as they're going through this rebuild period Brennan Bolton needs wins so this is his third mm. year in charge yeah. now um, yeah. I think there seems to be a bit of and I reckon it's a bit probably a bit unfair but yeah. he's on, it, the seat's getting a bit hot under him yeah I don't think he's under too much pressure but I think that what, what it would be is uh, I think some members... The members are more patient than probably what they were a decade ago. But I yeah. think some Carlton fans are now starting to think, right, we've been down in the in the doldrums for, for too long. When are we going to start to see improvement? Are you one of them? Uh, <laughs> I might be. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm more realistic. Yeah. I, I think Carlton needs to be patient. Yeah. I think they uh, need to stick with Brennan Bolton. I think it's a huge setback, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Hey, Bryce Gibbs has gone to Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Cripps is going to be one of the absolute locks in my Supercoach team next year. Remember, yeah. remember I said it. And he's been uh, apparently training the house down his first couple of oh, weeks well, of pre-season. That's what we so need to hear. Fully fit and ready to go. <laughs> uh, and just finally, St Kilda, yep. they have picked seven and eight. Uh, what do you think they need to do? Because they're a club that are probably just a couple of you know elite talented players yeah. away from taking that next step. Yeah, they need X factor, I think, here. Um, yeah. Because they've got a lot of really good players and a lot of people expected them to make the jump into the eight last year. Mm. But what they lacked was class through the middle. They just yeah. don't have any classy ball users, blokes. Well, Seb have... Ross was uh, arguably yeah. their best yeah. midfielder, not Seb... Jack Steven. Yeah, they've got um, Seb and, Ross and, and he's Steven. not one of those, you know, flashy players. Exactly right. So both of them are nuggety ball winners who will yeah. just get it forward. They're not that classy sort of really composed user going inside 50. So I think they'll try and look for a couple of them. Nick Caulfield uh, is one that I think they've already set themselves on. Uh, He's a really, he's probably more of a halfback than a midfielder, but he's a really good user of the footy. That's his biggest asset. Um, I think with their, with their other pick, they've got seven and eight. I think they could go for someone like a a Hunter Clark, who is that, that midfielder who can also use the ball by foot. So uh, if they can get Caulfield and Clark, that'd be a really good duo. And I think they're two players that could step into their team from round one next year. Okay. Awesome. Any, any, uh, any final words um, before we let you go on the draft? Uh, You know, a hot take, something from left field, anything jumping out at you or or should we uh, let you go? Uh, Just that, it is the most unpredictable draft I can remember. Okay. So we've had 20, 20 odd years of the draft being around, and I can't remember a draft where no one knows who's going to go pick two. So yeah. Cam Rayner, I think we're settled on at Brisbane, but there's talk this morning, Thursday morning, that, that Luke Davis Uniac maybe wasn't the man for Fremantle at pick two. Uh, okay. when that's been billed as the, the logical destination for him for about a month. So if everyone could please go easy on me with my phantom <laughs> draft that I'm putting out later this afternoon, <laughs> that'd be really appreciated. Because honestly, it is, it's a toss-up and anything could happen. And if Fremantle go in a certain direction that no, no one expects them to do a pick two, 
all of a sudden Carlton could go in a bit different direction to pick three, North could go a different direction to pick four, yeah. and it just yeah. domino effect yeah, from yeah, there. Yeah. So anything could happen. All the more reason to tune in uh, on Friday night. It's on Fox Footy. Uh, there's extensive coverage on the website, foxfooty.com.au. So everyone, make sure you check back there because it's going to be one hell of a ride, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear expressions like, this is a really strong draft, yeah. or this is a weaker draft. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to five, five being the, the strongest, where is this draft class? Uh, not the strongest or the deepest. You'll find good players. It's probably a three, I'd say. Okay. But next year, I'll tell you what, yeah. next year's a six if okay. it's on a scale of one to five <laughs> because next year is incredible. You look at the talent coming through next year, the likes of Isaac Rankin, Jack Lacosha, some of the blokes that are coming through, they're being spoken about as if they could get drafted picks one and two as 17-year-olds, not 18-year-olds this year if wow. they were in this year's draft. Wow. They, it is a really good draft class next year. Ben Simmons-like. Ben Simmons-like. They're, we had to drop his name yeah, on the you podcast. Had to. He's everywhere at the moment. But <laughs> there's, there's recruiters now looking ahead already to next year based on how good the draft is next year. So okay. um, it's probably not the strongest this year, but what you will find is a lot of talented players, particularly early in the draft. Excellent analysis there from Riley Beveridge. And I can confirm, listeners, he didn't even have any notes on the table <laughs> in front of him. Uh, that's all up in his uh, marvellous mind. Thanks for joining the Splash, Riley. Thank you for having me. And thanks all our listeners and subscribers out there. That'll do us on this Thursday. Head to the Fox Sports website for all your Ashes updates and highlights in the video section. Until next time on the Splash, that's a wrap. Mm-hmm.